0: 2525 now here are phil chris and pat with tonight's edition of sports talk and good evening everybody welcome to spo-
1: hang on a say georgia just scored again on tcu uh welcome in you know you really hate that in a championship game you do like to see your championship games but it's like we talked about last night you can't have everything we had two good semi-finals and a lousy championship game chris i mean what can you say? We were lucky, I guess, uh, a few days ago, New Year's, New Year's Eve. We had those really two thrilling semifinals. when we normally don't have good semifinals, at least two of them. And we have a pretty decent championship game. But, man, by the time I got home last night, that game was over. I changed over to the Celtics.
2: Phil, it was over when we were still on the air, and the game kicked off at about 740. I mean, Georgia stopped TCU three and out, scored on the opening drive, and you just felt like, all right, that's it. Georgia's going to dictate this ballgame, game. it just got worse from there. And my question coming out of that now is that a validation for those of us like myself who don't believe college football needs to expand the playoffs – is that a validation that our side is right, or is it a, a indictment on the current setup that you need to put more teams in there and maybe get a few more competitive games because I don't care who Georgia played last night. the game <laughs> may have ended up that same way yeah because they played about a perfect football game last night.
1: yeah they could have played the Panthers and be, you know <laughs> not, really they couldn't <laughs> they had better quarterback but, uh, they uh, they look <laughs> they looked outstanding last night top of their game in, in every way uh, what can you say about Stetson Bennett man? he's like the hunter renfro he's like the the uh the steph curry of college football in that you know nobody wanted him he wasn't recruited he he walked on he went to junior college he beat out every hotshot quarterback that georgia brought in all these highly uh, ranked players who thought they were just going to walk in and and win the job and he beat them he kept turning them away and i tell you i don't see why he won't have a very I'm not going to say spectacular, but with the right team, I don't know why he won't have a very successful NFL career. He's smart. He can obviously run any offense. He's got a really good arm. Why wouldn't he be successful with the right team in the NFL?
2: a great question, and he may be one of those guys that falls into the later rounds of the draft, and somebody gets him, sort of thinking, "All right, we'll bring him in as a backup to our current starter." And lo and behold, two or three years down the road, he's their incumbent starter because he's played so well, and maybe he got inspired by me saying, "You know, he's not Tom Brady." Well, he sure <laughs> looked like Tom Brady last night, didn't he? he? Actually, ran the football better than Brady ever has. And I was just so impressed with Georgia. I don't know what impressed me more, their defense, which held a pretty good offense from TCU to less than 200 yards of total offense, or the fact that Georgia scored 65 points, Phil, on 72 offensive plays.
1: Efficient. (laughs) That's called efficient. So so now Georgia has gone back-to-back national champions and and very impressive. Impressive last year in in a much better championship game, of course, and then – Uh, dominating this time around in winning their second straight national championship. Puts them in very rare air as a back-to-back champion. Also makes them a 15-0 national champion. I know when Clemson won the national championship in 2018, to become the first to go 15-0 and win the national championship, they proclaimed themselves greatest team ever, I guess maybe to that point. But I was thinking today, If you were to match up that 2018 Clemson team with the 2022 Georgia team, who would win? Who do you like in that one?
2: Now, what's the scenario again, this year's Georgia team or last year's Georgia team? Let's go with this year's. This year's team against Clemson's the 15-0 team? The
1: 2018, the Trevor Lawrence rookie, Trevor Lawrence freshman year and you had ETN, you had all that great defense. You had uh, veteran offensive line, as I recall. I don't remember everybody across the board. You had those really good receivers. And that was back when um, uh, some of those guys were just freshmen, but were starting to come into their own. And I mean, it was a really good Clemson team. You didn't. Yeah, n- nobody else had gone 15 and 0. And remember, they rolled through the Cotton Bowl, as I recall, uh, and then went out to San Francisco, San Jose and beat Alabama pretty handily in the national championship game. Who would win 18 Clemson or 22 Georgia head-to-head? I don't know. That's a really, really good question. I can't tell you this. Neither team would win by 50-plus points. No, no, no. It'd be. <laughs>
2: it it'd be a, down to the wire, would it?
1: would be a dog fight, a tiger yes, fight, would. however you want to mm-hmm. put it. But And that raises the question, again, another question, does this Georgia team rank as the greatest ever, considering a 15-0 run and the way they – now, look, you could always go back and say, "Well, they barely got into the championship game, true, with good fortune against Ohio State." But you know, sometimes it it you have to be lucky. Better to be lucky than good. Sometimes, Are they just thinking back on their regular season, they did have a they did have a couple of close calls. I remember Missouri; they were down to Missouri out in Columbia. Missouri had to come back and win that ball game. And let me think now. I'm just Going through my memory, anything else without having their schedule in front of me, I could pull it up. Anything else really close for them this past year? um Tennessee.
2: I mean, they beat Tennessee by two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, is that,
1: that really wasn't? Nah, no, no, yeah. that one. That one they kind of put away in the second half. And Kent really State. were who there Kent you go. State.
3: Yeah, they were actually losing to Kent State <laughs> for a was that the season opener? The
1: was that the season opener? No, no,
2: the and Gamecocks in, took everything out of them too. the week before. See, they, they had exhausted all their uh, their ability against the Gamecocks, so they weren't quite ready for Kent State. So, how, the how the what was the, the
3: final score? Final score Thir- was thirty nine to twenty two. Oh, yeah, <laughs> a
1: little tougher than I remember. Well, anyway, that's great Georgia team, and they do have they they they're losing some people. Carter announced for the NFL after the game, of course, um, and uh, and they'll have some transfers and. Uh, some guys will finally be out of eligibility and stuff like that, but they have a good portion of that team returning, and they'll be the consensus, I would think, preseason number one going into next year. So,
2: and their schedule next year, Phil, is set up for them to, to make another fifteen and zero run because they don't face either LSU or Alabama during the regular season. That means at worst, they would play one of them in the F C C championship game. They do go to Tennessee. Now, you know. What that might be, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is mean, Tennessee going to duplicate and bring back that, that as good an offense as they had this year and maybe improve on their defense to hang with Georgia? But uh, but right now going into next season as we sit here the day after the championship game, I, I don't see anybody beating Georgia right
1: now. Well, now The Gamecocks will be paying a visit to Athens. Mm-hmm. And? The Gamecocks will be paying a visit to To Athens. Now, in
2: fairness, USC has always played much better against Georgia in Athens for whatever reason. They've had some of their bigger wins over there against those guys. So, I mean, but what I saw last night, especially defensively, you still look at that defensive line that they had and some of those guys that they were playing last night, just freshmen that they can get out on the field. Mm I mean, Kirby Smart has done a ridiculously good job, much like Clemson had done, in recruiting defensive down linemen. I mean, their defensive front looks like Clemson's has for years. I mean, they have done just a tremendous job of realizing if we can stop the run and make you one-dimensional like they did last night, you're going to have a hard time beating us because we're going to score enough points to keep you at bay, and then we'll just turn that defense loose. I felt bad for Max Duggan in the second half last night because he just had no shot. No. And Georgia knew they had to throw it every time.
1: Brock Bowers might be the best player in the country. And he'll be back next year. He's back next year. He, I mean, he can't win the Heisman because he's not a quarterback. That's a quarterback uh, quarterback-only award now,, you know, you know, basically, not literally, but basically. But I mean, the guy's just unstoppable. They knew he was going to get the ball. They knew they were going to throw it to him. They still couldn't cover him. And, you, know, Bennett puts the ball right on the money. And that's one thing about Georgia. doesn't matter who the head coach has been at Georgia, Vince Dooley, Ray Goff, um, on and on d- down the line. They always make great use of their tight ends there. I see why they attract great tight ends, because they use their tight ends. And they put their tight ends in position to make big plays. And this guy might be the best they've ever had there and still has another year to go. So, all right. So we, uh, we put this to bed. The final AP ranking came out. Ooh, I was still up when it came out last night, about one So we got our story up early. And Clemson ended up 13th. Clemson ended up 13th in the final AP poll, South Carolina. And that was a drop of one spot from the previous ranking. So the Tigers finished 13th. Second straight year for them not finishing in the top four. Remember, they had that run where they were in the top four for six straight years. USC finished up 23rd. They fell three spots after their loss to Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. It's the first top 25 finish for the Gamecocks since they were fourth in the last ranking of the 2013 season. So that's something for them to build on. Were you
2: surprised rather that Clemson only fell a spot after just not looking all that good against Tennessee in the bowl game, and South Carolina dropped three after Notre Dame dominated the game, especially in the second half, but it's still just a one-possession game.
1: And Tennessee got no credit for beating Clemson. They were sixth. They stayed sixth in the final poll. Now, I guess you could only move so much when the top four, the playoff teams, inhabit the top four spots. Alabama was fifth. Well, Georgia won, TCU two, Michigan three, Ohio State four. Then you got your Alabama, your Tennessee. Penn State moves up two to seven. Hey, Finn. Washington climbs four spots to eight. Tulane moves up five to nine. Tulane, a top ten team. They just had one of those years. Utah finishes at number ten. Florida State is 11. Uh, they got a mistake here in the ranking. They've got, it should be Southern Cal 12. They listed as USC, but it should be Southern Cal at 12. Then Clemson at 13. No feedback from anybody on that. Uh, Kansas State is 14. Oregon is 15. Then LSU, Oregon State, Notre Dame, Troy, Mississippi State. Then UCLA, Pittsburgh, They've got – it should be USC. They listed as South Carolina, but it should be USC, 23rd. Fresno State, 24th, and Texas, 25th. That's the final AP ranking. So now everybody starts looking ahead to next year. Got recruiting weekends coming up. The next three weekends here in January, the signing day, February. Then you get ready for spring practice. Then spring games, a little May recruiting. And uh, then June is all recruiting with you know, a lot of commitments in June. Two-week break in July. Before you know it, we'll be at SEC and ACC Media Days in the second, third week of July. So looking forward to that. All right, tonight we take your phone calls, wide open forum. 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number here on Sports Talk, USC basketball, playing at Kentucky tonight. That'll tip off a little bit after seven o'clock up in Lexington tomorrow night. Clemson takes on Louisville at Little John. That game will tip off a little bit after nine o'clock at uh, Little John as Clemson tries to go to six and zero in ACC play. Got a few other notes we'll pass along to you as well. When we come back from the break, we'll get into those phone calls. We are loaded up on the board, and we'd love to hear from you. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five is the phone number. That's our South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. And since 2002, more than $2.2 billion in lottery proceeds have been used to fund life scholarships for the state's college-bound students. You can learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. Playing for fun is a win for education. We'll hit your phone calls coming up after the break here on Sports Talk.
4: Hope, Life, and the Great Palmetto. What do these things have in common? Scholarship dollars. The SC Hope, the Life, and the Palmetto Fellow Scholarships are funded by the lottery players of this great state. And after 20 years, you've invested over $7 billion in education. $7 billion. Impressive. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win.
1: Okay, we're back. Phil Cornblue Pat Daniel here at the Dave and Buster's Studios. In downtown Columbia, Dave and Buster's, eat, drink, play, catch all the big games all season long. Dave and Buster's, three great locations, Greenville, Columbia, Myrtle Beach, great food, great atmosphere, great times. Take my word for it. I've been to all three terrific people. Uh, my man up there at the uh, Greenville location, can't remember his name, one of the uh, hosts, one of the servers. Remember, he was a, well, we'll see, he was a MMA fighter is that what it is MMA but he was going to do slapping he was going to be a professional slapper that was the new thing that TNT was creating with uh, Dana White but they've postponed that because Dana White slapped his wife and got caught on video slapping his wife that little fight she slapped him he slapped her and so he's in some trouble with that and they have put on hold the start of this Professional slapping league. Is that where we are today in America, in sports, in our entertainment? That we'll watch on television, two people, I'm assuming men, but I guess women too, stand there and slap the ever-loving crapola out of one another to see who is left standing? I guess we are, because people will watch it. All right, let Let's get to your phone calls. No slapping on this show. Tiger Brian and Lancaster, I think you'd be a good slapper. You strike me as a type who could stand there and take a lick and deliver a lick. I'm not going to take the lick
5: there, but you know what? The only slapping I've done is corn, mm-hmm. and you probably got it too. I got slapped when I was growing up doing wrong, and my kids, both of them, uh, one's 20 and one's 31, Hey, I'm done slapping because they grown. They
1: did not they realize they left the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> Are you saying that you, you received or you delivered?
5: I, I, I'm talking about, hey, I, I, I I, my daddy whooped me. I was going sla- was slapping. I ain't going to stand there and let no man slap me. You know me? I
1: mean? Mm-hmm. I, I hear you. I hear you.
5: Yeah. You ever had a Gamecock fan ever get – We got whoopings, get, we ever, got whoopings in schools back then would come up. Oh, now, yeah. I'm six years old, you know what I mean? I know. But, but, you, know, uh, but you know, what? you telling me, you like, man, is this what it's coming to? No, it's not because I'm not going to watch it, Corn. i am be honest. I'd watch Gamecocks beat everybody in the state, you know me. I mean, and hmm. TV me before I'd watch some of that stupid stuff like that, you know what I mean? I agree. And I'm Tiger, man. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> i tell you what, now. Hey, hmm. Georgia, they, they didn't have a, a case of whooping on them. You yeah, know what they me They did. I'll be pretty correct. I ain't going to cuss.
1: No, know no, me? no. But, no, me. No, they, 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 they look like. really good. And, uh, I mean, look, they attract recruits like honey. Honey Attracts Bees. They're in a great recruiting area, the state of Georgia, which has terrific high school football, as we all know. They, they get the first pick in that state of most of the players. I mean, look, you know, Clemson, South Carolina, Alabama, Florida—they'll go and snag some. There's so many players in Georgia, but man, it's hard to get the great ones away from Georgia. Always has been. It's even tougher now, and I, there's there'll be no let up from Georgia. I can guarantee you that. They, Kirby Smart's got the right mindset. I mean, he was immediately talking about we'll celebrate tonight and we'll go to work. To me, I don't get the fun. I mean, you got to take a moment to enjoy. Maybe, I guess, in the summertime, you enjoy football coaches. They don't let themselves enjoy the moment enough, I don't think. Maybe that's why so many of them burn out now so quickly. They just, it's grind, 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 work, 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 never take a step back and smell the roses.
5: Yeah, well, I done that for thirty-one years at school, just eating there. I got burned out, and I run the business on the side. Cole, mm. you know what? The retirement life is so good. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Do you really? To, yeah, I'm going to Lake Greenwood, catch some more catfish in a couple of weeks. Well, uh, uh that's why my wife wants to go on Valentine's. I said, I'll take a fishing.
1: She wants to go catfish. She wants to go oh, cat fishing on Valentine's Day, huh? Yeah. That's, That's about as romantic as it gets to me uh, there, Tiger Brian. I can't think of right, anything you know more romantic.
5: Right, you know what? My daddy told me a long time ago, happy wife, happy life.
1: I know. Well, here's the question. <laughs> if you and the wife are fishing on Valentine and you're on the boat out on Lake Greenwood and say you, now, you reel in... No, we're
5: going to be in the camper right after the water. You know, We've got some big... $40,000
1: camera, we pull up in there, baby. Oh,
5: okay. We well, yeah, we pull up in there like home away from home,
1: man. Well, let's just say you reel in about a 15, 20-pound catfish. Who do you kiss first, the catfish or the wife? No, nah, I, 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 I don't kiss no fish. <laughs> the only,
5: the only, the only, the only fish I kiss. Right, I got to ask you this. I
1: gotta you got to ask you this. I,
5: I got to ask you this. Who's
1: got more whiskers, a catfish or your wife? Oh.
5: Cat is Okay.
1: Alright, just making sure.
5: Right. Yeah, you gonna, you don't want me to come down and come if you're gonna disrespect my wife. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, that was just yeah. a joke. You know what? <laughs> I ain't nothing for me to take no, I'm a man, man. Oh, down. just a joke. boy, Tiger Brian. I'll quit calling in
1: now. No, no, she's beautiful. She's be- you was great. The, now. The pictures I've seen, she's beautiful. She's absolutely drop dead gorgeous. She is a yeah. great woman. I wouldn't expect uh, God, anything less for you, Tiger Brian. Well,
5: I hope y'all get right. Like, just give her prayers. We got to have some minor surgery down in the female area oh, next my- day, <laughs> and we pray him God and everything's gonna be good. Absolutely, but, absolutely. But, yeah. We enjoy y'all show, man. I. She laughs at me. She says, "Lord, only Tiger Bryan get by what he says."
1: But we, we, I, we do protect ourselves from it. We do have a delay if anything gets out of line.
5: All right, Tiger I Brian. Be, I try to be politically correct, but y'all guys do an outstanding job, and I I can't wait to the spring because y'all do a better job on the recruiting on the, the last signing day. you know, I ain't saying a better job. But yeah, you know, we get some sleepers. What I say, you know what I mean? Yep, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I enjoy that,
5: man. Y'all have a great night, man. God bless you. We love y'all. Thank
1: you, Tiger Brian, and good luck on that fishing expedition there on uh, Valentine's Day.
2: Phil, you know the easiest way to get out of a hole, right?
1: How's that? Stop
2: shoveling.
3: <laughs> so just stop shoveling. I think Phil's hoping for his uh, Chris Rock, Will Smith moment uh, live on the radio. Was it too much to
1: ask the, the Whiskers question?
2: <laughs> that may have gone a little far. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, let's continue on the phones. 888-898-2525. Tonight, we have uh, Hank in Columbia. Hank, we tried to get to you last night, but Pat took up all your time. So be mad at him. Don't be mad at me.
6: No, nah, I said it was you. You were throwing all those calls in front of me, so I see you didn't want to hear from me. No,
1: oh.
6: had to cut you loose.
1: There you go. You cut us loose. There I you go. You.
6: I, I could have helped you out too because you know you always kind of overreact over those uh, week before. I I told I knew I I told everybody Georgia's probably going to stop a mud hole in them because when they played Ohio State, Georgia had a lot of. Uh, mistakes that Bennett was making and some stupid mistakes they were making mm-hmm. and I knew, and you looked at Kirby's uh, smart face after they won; he didn't look happy I knew that last week he was going to bring all the Georgia talent with him, and, and like he said before the game when he said we're going hunting he was serious
1: <laughs> Yes he was, yes he was they had the right mindset for that game, no question
6: <laughs> Yep, yep and you know, oftentimes teams that win championships, when you look at the Ohio State game they always have that game that that they didn't play well and stuff could have gone wrong and that was the that was the wake up call. I, I look at when I look you know, remember last year when uh the, the Carolina women lost to Kentucky in that uh SEC final. Mm-hmm. After then they came out and they and they destroyed everybody throughout the playoffs by over almost twenty points. So it's 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 those type of uh situations when you have a team that has that talent that does it. And uh you, could, you know, the one thing you looked at last night, if you look at Georgia compared to, like, other teams that they would play, uh, TCU, winning that three three five just didn't have the strength to play with Georgia. There are other teams that could play Georgia better, Alabama, you know, LSU, even Ohio State, but you have to have that strength along the line of scrimmage, and they didn't have it along the line of scrimmage. That, that third touchdown that Bennett ran – Nobody touched him, and the the linemen were
1: looking for some people to block. I know. Hang on a second, Hank. We'll let you finish up. If you want to hold on, we'll pick you right back up after this quick break. Back in a moment. We are Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Kornblut, Pat Daniel here in Columbia, Dave and Buster's studio, Chris Bergen at the Bergey Palace down in the PD near Sardis, not too far from Darlington, where I see where on the 21st, they're going to let you drive on the track again for a donation. I think it's going to be, what, 20 bucks to drive about three laps or so on the track at Darlington as we start getting back into NASCAR season here in about, uh, what, five, six weeks?
2: Yeah, hard to believe. I mean, it really is. The longest season in all of sports is about upon us again. We just got done with it, didn't we? It seems that
1: way. <laughs> but you know what? After driving I 95 down to Miami and, and back, especially once you get into that Miami area, it's like being on a racetrack. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, muscle car left and right. Everybody thought they were, uh, you know, part of a Miami Vice down there the way they drive and with the with the cars they drive down there. So, yeah, I'm ready to get back on the track. I'm ready to uh, see them go fast and make a lot of left-hand turns. Be here before we know it. All right, a couple of other uh, quick notes. We'll be back to your phone calls. Number is 888-898-2525. Update the poll question, having to deal with Shane Beamer's contract. Is it right on the money? Is he overpaid by $13 million? Or is he not yet worthy of that kind of a raise? uh, 626 votes are in now. 70.6% a hefty majority say that contract right on the money. 16% he's not yet worthy of that kind of a raise. And 13.4% say he's overpaid by 13 mil. Somebody responded
2: to that, Phil, um, and asked the question, how about an underpaid option? You don't think he's underpaid, do you? After two seasons of hmm. you know, fifteen wins. It's
1: a good question. I could have put that in there as a fourth option. It really didn't dawn on me that he was overpaid. Uh, <laughs> I didn't yeah. think. I mean, underpaid. Yeah, I didn't underpaid. think underpaid yeah. was a, would make any sense. Because um, I think I personally, you know, we talked about it on Friday. I think it's a good contract. Mm-hmm. I think it rewards him. I mean, did did they have to go to six million a year? Was there a threat of him leaving? No. Could they have gone from two? What was he making? A little over two, to say four, just double it. But they basically tripled it. Yeah. Um, you know, and and how do you reach that? You, know, you negotiate. Was the was the agent pushing? You negotiate it. Um, I guess there was give and take here and there. They kept the buyout the same both ways, so that wasn't an issue. And I guess they just felt that it was. Um. They they needed to get him more in line with the middle part of the SEC instead of being down there at the bottom. I guess raising him to four would have kept him still down there at the bottom, you know, somewhere in Clark Lee neighborhood. They wanted to get him more in the in line with what Stoops is making at Kentucky and what uh, Drink is making at Missouri, and that's kind of where they got him now.
2: Well, I think if you're going to compare the programs right now, that's, that's probably where he should be being paid. You know, that, that's the ballpark. That's the neighborhood they're playing in right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think he's underpaid. I, I think, as you pointed out, I think it's it's probably right on the money if you're going to do a contract extension. And I think, uh, you know, as we we touched on there, there are pitfalls to that because this was the same scenario they were in in Will Muschamp's second year, and we, we all know how that ended. But hopefully they don't go down that same road a, a second time.
1: I found it uh, humorous in the, in the press conference a couple of days before the championship game. Muschamp was there, of course, so they have – when they do the the press conference before the uh, this the Saturday the media day, everybody on both teams is made available. So Muschamp had a table and was taking questions. And somebody asked him about the three three five, and that that uh, TCU was going to be running. And he he slipped into Muschamp ease man. He started talking about you know this guy here, that guy there, block this guy here, get that angle there. Move. You know just like he would at South Carolina. He was most comfortable when he was talking about something on the defense, where to put your elbow, where you're fingers should be in the ground how your ankle should be turned this way you know all these little things that makes him an outstanding defensive coach maybe not a great head coach but an outstanding defensive coach and you know Georgia has benefited from his expertise on defense uh being there so he's uh he certainly enjoyed going back home a uh, couple of other notes Jamie Johnson is a new head football coach at Darlington and he had been in Hannah Pamplico As football coach and AD, he's going to be the new head coach at Darlington High School. School District of Pickens approved River Bluff defensive coordinator James Reynolds as their new head coach, replacing Chad Smith, who stays on as the AD. Liam Cohen is back at Kentucky as the offensive coordinator. Okay, look out. That will be big for uh, Kentucky, don't you think? This guy was great when he was there. Goes to the Rams. Uh, helps them win a Super Bowl, right? And he comes back to Kentucky now, so that's a good pickup for them. Uh, let's see what else. What else to tell you? Um, mm, we didn't mention this last night, I don't think. Odds to win the championship next season. I think we did mention this. Georgia's already three to one. Bama's fifteen to four. Clemson twenty-five to one. Gamecocks are a hundred to one. And um, oh couple of Gamecocks have found new homes, or, or should we say former Gamecocks. Um, R.J. Roderick, Liberty, and Gilbert Edmond, Florida State. They both announced today. Uh, no news in on the Spencer Rattler front uh, today so far. Let's see if anything happens at 7 o'clock. I'm not saying something is going to happen at 7 o'clock. I'm just saying let's see if something happens at 7 o'clock. It was like 7 o'clock yesterday when Wells, I think, dropped his information.
2: It was Exactly at seven o'clock yesterday, so
1: yeah, so maybe nothing. They, maybe nothing, they have a twenty
2: four hour rule.
1: maybe so. but uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing you know, new today on that. and uh, they continue to wait and see what he decides to do. His decision, of course, will have a major impact on the fortunes of the South Carolina football team for next season. Pat
3: another former Gamecock found a new home today. Little surprise, you didn't mention this. may may not have seen it. I just retweeted it on our account. Congratulations to Parker White. He was just signed by the Green Bay Packers. I do realize, yes, y'all season's over, but now, as is tradition, a lot of NFL teams will start signing and getting players ready for next year. Y'all's kicker is getting up there in age. Can't help but wonder about the future there, but uh, congrats to Parker White. He has officially been signed by the Packers. Yeah, boy, it would be a tough act
1: to follow there in Green Bay because our kicker there in Green Bay, I say our. I hate to sound so fan-like when I talk like that. But the do. Packers have had uh, – Mason Crosby. He's been there a long Mason time. Mason Crosby, yeah. Mason Crosby's done a hey, terrific job. He's hit some huge kicks during his day. I wonder how Parker White would like handling kicking in Green Bay into the wind in December.
2: <laughs> how Hello. hard do you think that football is to kick compared to kicking in uh, Columbia in an August, uh, late August, early September?
1: I just don't know yeah. if he has a strong enough leg, though, you know? I mean, he was obviously extremely accurate at South Carolina. What was his longest with South Carolina, like – 50-51. I mean, the NFL really – That's a chip shot anymore. you gotta, you got to be able to hit 55-56 occasionally and now stretching it out even longer. 57-58. I'll look that up and see. In the meantime, is Hank still with us? Did he decide to hold? See, Hank, I was about to go to you, and Pat had to jump in there again and steal more of your time. <laughs> uh,
6: yeah. Well, yeah, corn And so what I was saying before the break is that, yeah, Georgia just – uh, you got to be, you, you, they, they, you know, they would play well and they were going to, they were the best team all year long. But um, there are other teams that have actually a line of scrimmage that could deal with them. And, and CCU couldn't. So uh, Seth and Bennett was standing back there drinking coffee and waiting for somebody to come open before he threw that.
1: <laughs> yes, night. he was. Um,
6: uh, <laughs> he didn't, I don't think his uniform got dirty at all. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, there's no
1: dirt. There's no dirt on that field, anyway. But yeah, you're right. but, I, mean, I get the I yeah, get the yeah. uh, suggestion there. Yep.
6: But and but, Cor, I want to say something about the the, the contract with Beamer, as you, you were mentioning that. And I'll get off. Mm-hmm. The thing about the, the, the thing about the contract with Beamer, though, is the the difference between uh, him and Mustamp is one, the price that they brought Beamer in under was woefully underpaid. You, you don't hire Will, you didn't hire Will Muschamp and offer him two million dollars a year to come in and take over an SEC program and coach on that for two years. Mm-hmm. So some of the money that they' getting is is now that you, you know everybody got tasked and he wasn't a coordinator and all this, he's a regular coach. Some of that is that get back, because I heard a national analyst talk about his contract, and he said the one thing about him going to six is that still puts him ninth in the SEC. And this is how the national analyst put it, Corey. He said, he's ninth in the SEC, but yet his team finished third in the – we finished third in the East this year. Mm-hmm. And so you got to reward that. And he said, and then you don't want a scenario where if you just bumped into to four, which means he would still been about last in the SEC, only um, ahead of the the Zarnett Arnett guy at Mississippi State. He said, you don't want a guy – he said, you don't care how much a guy says he loves a school or whatever – You don't want to get a guy that's been working his butt off and doing a good job to start to feel like you're taking advantage
1: of Don't disagree. Now, you have to remember, they came in two different – came through two different doors. You know, Muschamp had been an SEC head coach once before. Even though he'd been fired at Florida, he'd been an SEC head coach. And I guess the market for him had already been established. Now, could they have – and he was sort of – was he in demand at the time – South Carolina no, he's hired him.
6: <laughs>
1: huh? He's on Yeah. I yeah.
6: Mean, he, was, he was down the line for us.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, they must have felt some pressure to give him what did, what did he start out at? About uh, 4 million? 3 About million. Four, yeah. He started out at 3 million? His initial contract was uh was 5 years, 3 million per year. Okay. So, that wasn't too bad back then. They were still getting for an SEC coach at that time. Not a bad starting point, but in the case of Beamer, you know, they probably could have even undersold him more. Uh, and, and he would have taken it I, I, because he wanted the job so badly and they kind of knew that. And now they, yeah. didn't, they didn't short sell him. They, they gave him a fair contract to start with incentives and said, okay, let's see what you can do. And if, if you do well, then you'll be, uh, just, like with, just like with Sweeney, you'll be, you'll be fairly compensated as you move on. And I got to believe if he does something magical in 23 with this team, maybe win a division, Hard to say that with Georgia in there, but it maybe finish second and give Georgia a good game in Athens and beat Clemson again and go to a bowl game and and do well. They might, you know, look. These contracts are written in in pencil, not ink, and they can be things are erased year by year. And you, you except if things are going poorly, they don't change it. They just fire you a few years down the road. But you know that if if things go great, they'll tear it up and they'll extend them again to five years. They'll raise them. So if he's making six million a year, the probably the next stop will be about seven and a half, if they're going yeah. great, you know, if they're going great. Um, but I think uh, I think they've handled it properly with Beamer. I think they've got a good proper contract for his experience, what he's done, where they kind of fit into the big picture right now. And neither side will be—he's not going to walk away. And you know, right now they're not going to fire him for any reason. So. Um, Neither side is in a position to be punished by any kind of huge buyout, so that's worked out well for both sides.
6: Yeah, so yeah, I, I just that's just always been my thought when I hear people talk about it is he, he he took his two years at that that low salary and he overachieved because a lot of us coming when he came in said you got to be patient. It's going to be a three or four year deal. He was the only one talking about going to a bowl this first year. And a lot of us family kinda of giggling at him and then he got us to one. And then even this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he uh he has backed it up. and listen, we gotta let you go. Thank you for calling. Always great hearing from you. Um he he's been from day one supremely upbeat and optimistic about everything at South Carolina, which is how you you have to be. And um it's paid off in that the culture is uh adjusting in the right way and and he's he's getting recruits both out of the transfer portal and out of the high schools to believe in him and what he is selling so um i'd say it's all good i mean they I would have, have loved to beat notre dame had they had beaten sure. notre dame and won nine games uh, you you really wouldn't be able to touch him. but i still say it's all good by the way parker long uh, parker long parker white career long at south carolina was 54 yards so, so, I mean, that's, that's not bad. in the bad.
2: ballpark of NFL range. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but you've got to be able to hit those on, uh, at that level. You almost have to hit those consistently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You want to say something? I was just
2: going to say, I don't know that anybody can be disappointed in the job Shane Beamer has done to this point. I mean, you really can't, unless you had just amazingly unrealistic expectations when he took over. I mean, seven victories and a bowl win last year, eight this year wins over Clemson and Tennessee to wrap up the year, and he played Notre Dame, you know, to a one-possession game. In the Gator Bowl, I, I just can't imagine anybody before the season, uh, his first season began could have scripted it out a whole lot better.
1: Let's go to Ken in Columbia. We continue with your phone calls tonight here on Sports Talk. Ken, welcome in. How are you?
7: Doing great, guys. You know, wasn't the fact that uh, South Carolina was trying to go after uh, Kirby Smart. And that's why Georgia dropped in and grabbed him and brought him in before South Carolina tried to put an offer in for him.
1: I recall that to be the case.
7: That's true. I was telling somebody last night. Thanks, South Carolina, for Kirby being at Georgia. Another thing is, you talk about the greatest team. You skip over the 2019 LSU team that went 15 and 0. That blew out Georgia 37-10 in the championship game. Blew out Oklahoma 63-28, and blew out Clemson mm-hmm. 42-25. That Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase team.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That was a fantastic yeah. team. Look, I mean, right, right. you so can go through the list of champions, you can find an Alabama team that smoked everybody and say that's the greatest ever. I was just thinking about they
7: 15 and 0 team. Yeah, they were 15 and 0. That's what I that's what made me bring them up. They yeah. were 15 and 0 as well. Yeah,
1: but Clemson was the first one and uh that's just that's what had me thinking about that team cuz that team, right. that Clemson team was loaded and um they had that long winning streak and um and and, and they dominated a really good Alabama team in the national championship game. Uh, but, you know, it's that's apples and oranges. No way to actually determine which one would win. You could play it on a computer all you want to. doesn't mean a thing.
7: That's true. And I tell you, you know, they, they that's the first time I've ever watched a game where the people at halftime actually – Basically, said the game was over. They're already crowning Georgia. And, uh, you know, David Pollack, who played for Georgia, said, Coach, yet they're met now. But Georgia went in their consecutive championship game. They're in now the king of college football. And Nick Saban kind of just dropped his head and kind of turned away. Because he definitely, you know, he, he could have, if he got in those playoffs, they're probably going end up being Georgia and Alabama yet again in the championship game. And I tell you, that SEC West with uh, Coach Kelly there now at LSU, you've got, of course, Nick. Now, Georgia, to me, Georgia is kind of like the Clemson because right now the way the SEC East is, is now, he doesn't have as tough a road as an LSU or Alabama, especially with Freeze going to Auburn, I believe. It's going to be a tough road at SEC West.
1: Oh, No question about it. It's going to be really sure. tough. And, um, you know, with the just wait till Texas and Oklahoma join the fun in a couple more years, yeah. if not sooner. Hey, thank you very much. Great hearing from you. Appreciate the phone call. Have yourself a great night. Mm -hmm. To follow up on Ken's point about that LSU team of
2: 2019, I don't think there's any argument to be made that they weren't the best offensive team we may have ever seen. I pulled up their schedule from that year. 12 of their games, of the 15 they won, they scored at least 40 points. Hmm. I mean, I I don't know that they were as complete a team as, say, Clemson or this year's Georgia team was, but there's no question they're the best offensive team we may have ever
1: seen in college football. Yeah, that team was absolutely loaded. amazing, yeah. Yet... Uh, In that national championship game, it was, let's see if my memory's right, it was a a ball that hit, I think it was T. Higgins, and it could have been pass interference, and it bounced out of his hands, was intercepted by LSU, and they went back down and scored, and that kind of turned the game the whole way for LSU. Remember that play, if I remember it correctly, there in the Superdome? That was some wild night, LSU playing for the national championship in the Superdome <laughs> against Clemson. That was just crazy. <laughs> By the way, Clemson uh, defensive tackle, or former defensive tackle, Etanosa Rubin transferring to Georgia Tech. So another former player from the state is finding a new home. A uh, couple of other notes, and then we'll get back to your phone calls. 888-898-2525 is the number. ACC will release the league's 23 football schedule on January 30th, starting at seven o'clock in the evening, according to a PFF College, Clemson defensive end Miles Murphy is projected to go fifth in the draft to Seattle, and Clemson defensive tackle Brian Bressie is projected sixth to Detroit. Talking about TV ratings, and you know what I said? What I say last night? We did recruiting as counter programming at about 7:45, right? Mm-hmm. And the numbers you'd see a drastic change in the numbers. So, according to sports TV ratings, at eight o'clock, twenty point three three million were tuned in. That was right at the time we wrapped up recruiting at eight o'clock. Right at eight fifteen, it increased to twenty one point eight five million. So, about uh, a million and a half switched over from us over to the uh, football game. There you go. At uh, at eight fifteen. <laughs> And at you 830 in? It, 830 it peaked it peaked at uh, 8 30 it peaked at twenty-two million point three six five, and then by 1045 they had lost over half the audience down <laughs> to 10.3 million oh, I wasn't watching anything. by
2: 1045 <laughs> I, I do under I've always been curious about these ratings how do you measure like for instance George had a watch party last night at Stegman Coliseum. Do they factor in all the people that were watching the game there? I mean, nine thousand people out of one location. And when you go to sports bars, how do they factor in the ratings, or is it just one TV that's turned on? So that's you know one one units of the twenty point three three million that they got at eight o'clock.
1: That's a good question. You're asking the wrong guy when it comes to that. But it is something you've always had to consider. You got these big sports bars and stuff. Right. With you got hundreds of people watching on a few televisions. How do you how do you count that? All right, back to the phones, 888-898-2525. It is Gamecock Larry over in Swansea. Hello, Gamecock Larry. How are you tonight?
8: I'm doing just fine. Got to talk to Kevin this afternoon a little bit. Got to get something off my chest.
1: That's good.
8: by old Sleepy Joe, Slow Joe, whatever you want to call him. But,
1: uh, are you I've a big political guy? That- are you a big political guy, too?
8: No, I just watched some of this stupid stuff on TV, and I tell you what, I we got the stupidest looking. Well, I, I can't, I gotta can't say too much, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know how in the world is our country getting in such shape as of today. Stupid looking, Joe. I don't wonder if they're gonna send us somebody up that to do like they done Trump and they'll Margo. But that's all right. Let's talk a little about sports. <laughs> sports. Okay, uh, you know Gamecock, Larry. Ryan, little boy, I tell you what, I don't know. But, uh, I'll order it. Right on the money, right on the money. Now, let me tell you something else. Tiger, wow, Tiger Brown, is that him? Tiger Bryan. Come on. Okay. we we going to close the fence around the state. You gonna come in second or third for the next five or six years. And we ain't gonna open the gate like O'Dabo done. Uh I tell you what, we and until to I can be proven different, I'm gonna tell you we're gonna be twelve and old in twenty twenty three and I'm gonna stick to it till somebody beat us. 12 and 0. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to stick to it until somebody beat us. Uh-huh. And I just hope Old Game Collar around here. We, we go up to Athens and we go show Kirby Smart. I don't like him. I don't like Mustamp. Mm. He done took our money and, well, he had to go because we fired him. But I, I tell you what. Mm. Old game Larry's enjoying all this in his old days. But buddy, one of my buddies they talking about he gonna get me a radio. I will pay you to get me a radio that I can listen to Kevin M on one one hundred point seven. Right. I'll pay you for it. I, if you can find me one, you send it to me. Send it COD. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm. I'll pay for it. Get me a radio, please. But that's all I got to say. <laughs> well,
6: I tell
8: you. Old Game Call fired up. Talking about a slowjo and curb and musk, crap. Mm, Larry, no um, yeah. Larry, before you go,
3: just uh just so you do know, it's um uh, <coughs> the initial radio I ordered for you back when we first spoke, I inadvertently had it uh shipped to my home address instead of your address that you were nice enough to give me. So, a new one has been ordered, and it'll be delivered tomorrow. I got an email today saying it's been shipped. It will arrive to you tomorrow by 7 p.m. Keep, keep an eye okay, out. Okay, send
8: me the bill. Send me the bill. I'll send you a check.
3: Not necessary. Mm-hmm. We appreciate cash. you.
8: Don't, don't cash until the first of the month.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I hear you, Larry. Don't you worry about it, my man. We got you covered. What you going to do with that other radio, Pat? I'll take it.
3: No, I already sent it back. Oh, Typical.
1: All right, Larry. Thank you very much. Great hearing from you. And wait, uh, Larry, man, you sent back. You sent back a
3: radio. You don't, you, do you have a radio in your house? Yeah, sure. Oh, Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> and I'm hoping this. Actually, I'm gonna wait and let him call back because I'm sure he will. But I'm hoping this brings out the Boy Scout in him a little bit. It's the same same kind of radio. I got my dad has mm. all kinds of neat little gadgets.
1: Does it require oh, nice. tin foil to pick up FM?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, but that gives you that extra signal, you know. <laughs> All right, Larry. Thank you very much.
1: So uh, check your mail tomorrow. There might be something there waiting for you, courtesy of Pat and your friends here at Sports Talk. Pat is. For that matter, we should. Anybody who needs a radio, Pat will be happy to buy you one. Right? You're doing this for everybody that calls in needing a radio, right, Pat? Or if you need uh, an XM subscription, they'll be happy to pay for that too. Okay, we'll be back after this break. Don't go away.
0: Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888 898 2525. That's 888 898 2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network.
1: Okay, we're back with you on Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. We've cleared the phone lines. We've said goodnight to Gamecock Larry. We've put him to bed. We've said adios to Hank. We've sent him on down the highway and others who've called in so you can get through now. If you'd like to join us, 888-898-2525 is the phone number. Underway up at Lexington. Stop the presses. The Gamecocks are leading 9-2 to over Kentucky. The same Gamecock team that was down 20-5 to in the first, I don't know, six or seven minutes to Tennessee at home the other day and got blitzed by 40 plus has an early 9 2 lead on Kentucky. Four of seven from the floor, including a three. Kentucky's one for five. And Hayden Brown's got four for the Gamecocks. Uh, Joel Gray started for the Gamecocks. I'm sorry, Josh Gray started for the Gamecocks and uh, give him some size in there after mm-hmm. giving him some effort the other day. It's got two points and a rebound thus far. And Michi Johnson's got three. Uh, GG Jackson 0 for 1, his only well, and shot.
2: And that was not his fault. He got trapped in the corner, and his teammates never came to help him, so he had to force one up. Yeah. And what's interesting, I'm actually watching the game on ESPN, two. When you announced the score 9-2, it took about 10 more seconds on television before Hayden Brown's lay-in.
1: Hmm. See, I can, uh, the, I can predict what's going to happen. I was you've predicting. Got ESPN, don't you? I, I was predicting that he was going to make <laughs> a layup. It's nine two, South Carolina is up sixteen forty four. Long, long, long way to go. Long way to go. Especially, but ever up. it would do them some good to pull this thing uh, to pull out a victory. Uh, some other games just getting underway. You got LSU and Florida playing tonight in Baton Rouge. It's four nothing, LSU. Early in that one you've got Georgia Tech and Notre Dame uh, playing tonight as well, two very disappointing teams. And Georgia Tech is up 11 to 7 in that one. Michigan State up 6 nothing on Wisconsin. Kansas State up 5 nothing on Oklahoma State. Early later tonight you got Vanderbilt and Tennessee. And also tonight you've got Auburn and Ole Miss and tonight you've got North Carolina and Virginia. All those games still to come. Uh Charleston plays at Wilmington uh tomorrow night. I saw a little piece of video that um uh Pat Kelsey, you know, he's not shy, Pat Kelsey. <laughs> no. So he was walking down King Street in Charleston and he did a, a selfie video in which he said, This is um you know, this is this is our city. That's their their thing. Mm-hmm. It's our city. This is our city. I'm walking down King Street, one of the one of the great streets in the entire world. You've got your Michigan Mile and you've got your uh, – uh, what's that one out in Los Angeles? Your Rodeo Drive. You've got your Michigan Mile. you got your King Street in Charleston. He said, this is our city. I'll put this up against anybody. And he's talking about the team and thanking everybody for coming out and supporting the team. And um, they're getting ready to go to Wilmington tomorrow. And he passed uh, uh, another you know, walker going the other direction. And he, as he was passing him, he said, uh, give me an Our City. And the guy goes, it's Our City. And he just loved that. I don't know if it was staged <laughs> or just off the cuff, but the guy gave him a response. It's Our City. So he's got it going down there right now. I tell you, they're, they're turning out in big numbers, and they've got a good team. They're ranked 22nd. And why not go down and enjoy some exciting basketball mm-hmm. down there?
2: Well, and until Clemson started to turn it around, it was their state by a wide margin. Tigers only ones that are playing comparable basketball right now in our state compared to them, but uh, College of Charleston the only ranked team that'll be a good game with with Wilmington.
1: All right, look, it's not an easy place to go play. It is thirteen to two (laughs) Gamecocks over Kentucky at the Mm -hmm. first. No, no, Kentucky called a timeout. uh, I guess before they got to the media timeout, they should have had the media timeout the under sixteen, but it says here Kentucky timeout at fifteen thirty four, unless they went back to back timeouts. 13-2, an 8-0 run for the Gamecock. They've hit five of their last seven. Kentucky's 0 for the last four. They're shooting 17%, and the Gamecocks are shooting 63%. And, again, Johnson, he's continuing to play well. He's got five. Brown's got four. (laughs) Let's see if they can keep it up. The complete opposite. Now, I know Kentucky's struggling, but it's still a team made up of nothing but prep All-American players. I mean it's and the it's greatest at AAU <laughs> it's at Kentucky it's the greatest you know AAU team in America because Calipari just goes out and selects you know this player here mm-hmm. this player there but uh, boy see if the game guys can keep it up like, I did say the other night on well, last night I said look they're not as bad as what they showed against Tennessee I just think Tennessee's that good oh I, I would agree I just think Tennessee's that good and South Carolina did not bring it maybe tonight they had some humble pie on Saturday maybe tonight they're bringing it
2: well, you know, Rich made the comment last night, the one thing he was disappointed as the game started to get out of hand, he did, he was a little disappointed in Lamont Paris, maybe not showing a little more emotion on the sidelines and getting after his guys because they were playing so poorly. Uh, for the first time, after a, a defensive lapse, I don't, I'm not even sure Kentucky scored on the play, but he stomped his feet. He reminded me a little bit of Frank Martin there. So maybe it's an entire overhaul after that Tennessee game, a reset in the mindset for USC basketball. Certainly whatever they've done since Saturday has worked thus far.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Cardinals plan to attempt to trade DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. This according to the Schultz report. So, um, somebody will take him, believe me. Somebody will take him. Hey, Green Bay could use a receiver. Of course, they tried Sammy Watkins. That didn't work. I mean, over-the-hill Clemson receivers, I'm not saying Hopkins is over-the-hill. Certainly, Sammy has lost uh, a step or two from where he was Uh, by the time he got to Green Bay. that, That didn't work. But the Packers could certainly use a, a quality veteran receiver. Uh, maybe they can make a deal.
2: I think he should come back home. Pat, don't you think he'd look good in uh, black and teal? Black
1: oh,
3: and man, blue? he'd look fantastic. And <laughs> with, with the quarterbacks we have up in Charlotte, I mean, they need a guy that can catch it anywhere within like a six-foot range. <laughs> like Hopkins. Just throw it up and give him a chance. All right, back to the phones. we got a couple
1: of lines open now. It is 888-898-2525. We go to Sam in Charleston. Sam, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you?
9: This is our city. Your city.
1: It's your city, Sam. It's your city. You own King Street. You own Meeting Street. You have a a piece of the battery. It's all yours. Well,
9: actually, I got some breaking news to tell you. Um, So, some breaking news that I want to tell you about Mm -hmm. is, um, so because the college of Charleston wins t- tomorrow night against the UCMW can I give may I give you my final score prediction
1: breaking news final score prediction yes
9: okay I would say um college college of Charleston 99 UCW 10
1: 99 to <laughs> 10 that would be breaking news that's along the lines of the South Carolina Kentucky game right now
9: well this not- well, it's not the real Carolina. It, it is the North Carolina. Hmm.
1: Okay. Well,
9: actually, I have a uh, two-part question to ask you.
1: After breaking what news is, like that, I don't know if I can handle it, but go ahead.
9: So um, what is your trivia question for the week?
1: What is our trivia question for the week? Mm-hmm. Our trivia question for the week is this. Who scored the first basket for the College of Charleston with Pat Kelsey as the head coach?
9: Well, I'll give you two things. One is um, Ben Friggin Burnham. He's pretty good. Um, I I call that nickname Ben Friggin Burnham. He's pretty good. Mm -hmm. So I was watching his um, format to shoot the ball. I got to tell you, he is really, really great on the, the he's pretty good on de- defense and offense and he I think he should be the MVP award this year because I was really proud what he did for the last year, but this year he's on fire, especially especially Ben Larson, like a former Marfa um, guy, he's such a quick head, great ball handler. Um, I was really proud how we did yesterday um, before. So the thing I want to point out is, um, what do you guys, I want you guys to talk about this this week about the future, of, the future of Pat Kelsey and myself. So the question I'm having for you and Pat and Smitty about this.
1: Uh, Smitty, Smitty's not here, but Chris is say hello to Chris.
9: Hey, Chris. Yep, Sam? Hey, um, I just said to you know that um, both, I want to both of you talk about this this week. Do you think I can come back and do it again next year? Because this is my 11th year.
1: 11th year. <laughs> you know, do you have NIL, or did you get, uh, like, the NCAA grant you a number of different waivers? What's the deal? He's used up his COVID well, year for sure.
9: Well, um Chris, I gotta tell you, COVID's over.
2: You know that, right? I do. Sure, I'm not sure the NCAA does, but yeah, I, I know it's over.
9: Well, um, when you say about the NCAA, so when is the actual tournament for CFC? Because where's the more less? Where's it gonna be? And because I'm, I hey, I gotta tell you, I promise I'll take my team to the national championship because I'll punch my ticket because I'm going.
1: Well, thank you, Sam. We appreciate the phone call. You stand behind those Cougars out there, uh, and you keep on pushing them through. The um, CAA championship for 2023 is going to be March 3 through 7 in Washington at the Entertainment and Sports Arena in Washington. CAA tournament, March 3 through 7. Is that the the entertainment and sports arena in Washington? Is that the the Wizards Arena? Got to be. Yeah, got to be where the Wizards play. Yeah. Well, right now, i
2: answer to your trivia question, too. Do you have an answer? I do. It was John Meeks. John Meeks against South Carolina State. Yep. Hit the it's very first, first basket,
1: basket. Mm-hmm. in the Pat Kelsey era. And the game tomorrow night, you know, pits a pair of 4-0 teams in the league. Charleston and Wilmington are both yeah. 4-0. That place yeah, will be, be packed a really good tomorrow game. night. Charleston is sixteen and one, and Wilmington is fourteen and three. Have you seen Wilmington this year? Did they I play have. Coastal?
2: I've seen both of those teams. Okay, what do you think? And they're both very good. I think the college wins, but it's not going to be easy. It won't be ninety to ten. Well,
1: what's the <laughs> difference between the up? two?
2: Um, I think the college is a little deeper. If memory serves, uh, they've just got a, a few more bodies that Pat Kelski can run off the bench. But um, and Wilmington's not an easy place to go play. So they'll have a really really good crowd up there, but yeah, that should be a that should be one of the better games of the
3: night tomorrow. They've won thirteen games in a row too. That two talking mm-hmm. about two red hot teams.
1: All right, Chris. So Pat wants to know if you actually uh, did your own research, knew it yourself, or stole it from him off our uh, message. I
2: actually went. I I went to the college's <laughs> website, pulled up the box score from the first game that Pat Kelsey coached. Went to the play-by-play. Pretty simple to find who scored first. Smart yeah, man. Jobiness.
3: And just to be clear, but I yeah actually, no, I
2: didn't steal. I didn't even see Pat's. I didn't. see <laughs>
3: That was off air. Do not care. I didn't Third see Pat's answer. <laughs> I love stirring up controversy, internal,
1: stirring strife. The yes, in, I, internal strife. Yes. Internal internal strife. You think if Pat, uh,
2: if Pat knew that off, you know, if Pat knew that off the top of his head, props to him. He oh,
1: smart gosh,
3: no, I did the exact same thing as you. I just put it in the chat. In case you guys wanted to help Sam out there a little you bit, you think
1: there's any internal strife inside Rupp Arena right now? 21 to 8. The Gamecocks up 11 34 to go in the opening half. Brown's got seven on three of six. And Gigi Jackson finally gets the lid off. He hits two, he's got five, including a three pointer. So that should boost his confidence, get him going a little bit. Michi Johnson's got three assists. Uh, the Gamecocks have only turned it over once, but Kentucky's only turned it over once. Uh, rebounding, here you go. Here's a good telltale sign for you. Total rebounds to this point, ten to four, South Carolina. What a complete turnaround! And they
2: are out hustling Kentucky right now.
1: Yeah, they're in the they're in the media timeout, the under twelve media timeout, and um, I mean South Carolina is just they're limiting Kentucky. Kentucky is uh, taking eleven shots to uh, the Gamecocks' fourteen. And Kentucky's hit four of their eleven. The Gamecocks have hit eight of their fourteen. At one point, they hit uh, five of six from the floor. In fact, they hit um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of their first uh, eight of their first twelve. So they got out of the gates uh, pretty good in this one. So twenty-one-eight, South Carolina feeling pretty good about things right now. If they can, boy, this would be. You can't even qualify how big a win this would be for south carolina if they could somehow manage to pull this thing out
2: and how would you be able to explain that because again i agree with you i think tennessee is one of the better teams in the country but they're not that much better than kentucky so how would you be able to explain south carolina i guess it's just athletics right Uh, south carolina lose by 40 at home and then two days later going into a really really hard place to play against one of the blue bloods of college basketball. And if they pull off this upset, I mean, how could you qualify those two, two games? It would be almost like they weren't in the same season, but less in the same week.
1: Yeah, you can't explain it, except it's all about effort. It's all about effort. I mean, I could tell you yeah. I was there for the Tennessee game, and as soon as Tennessee came out and hit a few shots and South Carolina did not, the head hanging and the body language, it was clear. And they never brought it. They never attacked Tennessee. They never got physical. They never tried – not tried, but they never successfully uh, played defense against them. Tennessee got whatever they wanted on offense. The Gamecocks did not play the pick-and-roll game well at all. Um, Tennessee had one open look after another, killed them on the boards, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Complete, complete beatdown. And they were embarrassed. I'm sure that Lamont Paris was embarrassed. And they've come out tonight, at least so far, and they've kind of thrown care to the wind and said, okay, we're going to go out here and play hard and see what happens. And, and right now they're up 13. Uh, here's a note on the Panthers. Uh, and the note is that the Panthers have asked for permission or are in the process of interviewing Ken Dorsey for their head coaching job. Uh, Panthers asked to interview... Former assistant for head coaching job, Ken Dorsey, who was quarterback coach from 2013 to 17, reportedly will interview for the head coaching job. Uh, this coming out uh, this afternoon, according to multiple reports, so Jeremy Fowler, one of the first, I guess, to report it, the uh, he wrote the three O.C. names the Panthers requested for interviews, Dorsey, Shane Steichen of the Eagles, and the Lions, Ben Johnson. So we'll see what happens there. And, of course, Steve Wilkes is going to get a an opportunity as well after going 6-6 six and six as the interim coach. Let's hit the break, and we'll pick up more on that and get your thoughts from you guys on what the Panthers should do. And then we will uh, take more of your phone calls. 888 898 is the phone number. Continue to monitor the South Carolina game with Kentucky. See if the Gamecocks are going to extend the lead or fold under the you know kentucky's going to start really bringing the heat bringing the pressure and start playing better um it's now 21 10 as kentucky has scored they don't have a player with more than four at this point hit the break be back in just a moment
2: life. It has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit playresponsiblysc.com.
9: Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local Wish families through Make a Wish, South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the low country, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors and build South Carolina pride community through an all-inclusive hike experience. Visit SCTrailBlazeChallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's SCTrailBlazeChallenge.org.
0: Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, Healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com.
1: We are. We got recruiting coming up after the break, so stay tuned for that. You want to jump on board? 888 898 2525. That's the phone number here on Sports Talk, South Carolina, Kentucky, 2314 Gamecocks 806 to play. I mean, it's too early. It's way too early for them to start thinking about how to protect the lead, right? They got to go out and keep attacking and do what they have been doing that helped them get the lead. Uh, way too early to, to play conservatively. And I'm not saying they're doing that. I'm not able to watch the game. Chris, I guess you're keeping an eye on it. I guess they're still not attacking like they have here, been, huh? It's
2: a little mini run. Yeah, Not just not making shots. I mean, they've gotten some pretty good shot attempts here the last few possessions. They're just not falling for them.
1: And yeah, Kentucky's on a 6-0 run. The Gamecocks haven't scored in 3 7 It's now 23-16. I imagine Rupp Arena is um, very loud and um, – You know, being very supportive Mm -hmm. of their team right now, Kentucky fans. They don't they don't take losing lightly and they don't give up easily. They'll push their team forward and see if they can help them make a big run and turn this thing around. Something I wanted to get into is this. You know, we talked about it some last night, going back to the current structure of college football in particular, but college basketball too, the NIL stuff and is it good, is it not good, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I I give you all those who like what's going on I give you that that's the way it is okay um so I understand that I accept that that's the way it is uh, college players are going to get paid through the the setup of the NIL what I don't get guys and feel free to jump in here and share your thoughts and tell me right wrong or indifferent about it what I don't understand is okay so we're treating these guys now as professionals because they are getting paid and Somehow the schools have managed through the NCAA trying to put down some guardrails on this activity, but they've managed to put the financial burden on their fans and not on themselves. So they are asking you through their own internal collective or through the outside collectives run by whoever – for you to give the money to pay the players. And, Pat, this goes back to a little bit of what you were touching on last night. You were saying, okay, well, Beamer got this uh, all this money or these coaches get all this money from the TV money, and why shouldn't the players? Okay, granted, that's the world we live in. I'm not going to argue over that. But why shouldn't that TV money, why should they not use that money to compensate the players' And not rely on the fans to um, to pay for it, to be the revenue stream to give to the players. And I think part of my uh, objection to it, besides the fact that I don't like it to begin with, but I'm accepting it, but I think you're asking for a whole lot of trouble with the fans subsidizing the players, as we've seen across the board, and the, and the school's And the athletic departments are just sitting back with their arms folded and saying, okay, you want to keep a Spencer Rattler? Then you come up with – I'm throwing a figure out there. You come up with the $2.5 million. You know, The NCAA won't let us do it, thank goodness, to themselves. They're saying, thank goodness, we don't have to do it. So, you know, fans pay the players and schools pay the coaches. Um, But something seems bad about that. Something seems to me to be be ripe – for a lot of, um, shall we say, well, a lot of, uh, a lot of under the well. All right, I'll tell you what. I'll finish up. I'll get my words right, and I'll finish it up after the break, and then hear what you guys have to say. Plus, recruiting coming up. <laughs> Now, you knew Kentucky was going to get back in this one, it's 28-22. UK's hit five of the last seven for them. 4.52 to go in the half, and Gamecocks have led from the get. Had an 8-0 run and built themselves um, a little bit of a lead. Had an eight-point lead at 30-22. It's now, oh, 30-22. It is. They matched their longest lead, 30-22. With uh, 4.29 to play, Michi Johnson had a good game against Tennessee. If you could find something good to say about anybody, he's having another good game. He's got 10 points. He's got three assists and only one turnover at this point. Brown's got seven for the Gamecocks. Johnson's got five. So right now they're trying to weather the storm. I guess that's what you would say. Shebway's got eight points. On four of eight shooting, he's got six rebounds. You know he's going to get his in 16 minutes. He's played all 16 minutes. Has not been uh, has not drawn a foul. Has not been accused of a foul. Has not committed a foul at this point. Gamecocks have committed um, five fouls, and Kentucky's committed four. Been a relatively clean game. Few turnovers and little fouling mm-hmm. so far. So 30-22. Gamecocks are up. Uh, before we get to recruiting, let's go back to what I was talking about. So what I was saying was, I'm just asking the question, if this is going to be the way, how are the schools able to get away without not paying the players and, and that being put on the fans to subsidize? And my concern is, of course, when fans are involved, it's, you know, whether it's um, just some folks on social media trying to influence people or – higher up the chain, the big spenders who can throw big money at you. And, you know, who knows? You might one day get a deal with somebody for X amount of dollars, and they demand some some things in return that might not be scrupulous. So that's my question. Okay, if we're going to do this, uh, shouldn't it be somehow controlled by the schools, the spending, the money comes from the schools, the SEC team's going to be making north of $100 million per school here pretty soon with the new TV contract once Texas and Oklahoma enter. Don't you think they'll have enough money to subsidize their players and not ask the fans to do that? What do you think? Did we lose Chris?
3: Uh-oh, Chris, he's still there. No, we're having some internet issues from where he is. We may, we may have. Do you uh, have any reaction have to that, him. Pat? Yeah, um, I was still researching a bit, but I, but offhand, I would say that right now NIL is the way of the NCAA making sense that this is not "quote unquote" pay for play. If the universities are directly paying a salary to these players, then that would be considered pay for play, and I think right now whether or not there is a difference because even right now having to try to decipher the two is, is getting more and more cloudy. I think right now by it being funded by boosters, by advertisers, by local businesses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that is the NCAA's way of at least in their minds and to the seller, to the, to the consumer to separate this from NIL from directly pay for play. That's the best I can make sense of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just, the corruption level that I think you could have when this is left uncontrolled, where, you know, a company, you know, let's just say, look, if Walmart wanted to step up in Arkansas and say, hey, everybody that plays for the Hogs, we'll give you $100,000. You think Walmart's going to feel it? Let's go to any other. Let's go to. Let's go to Los Angeles. Uh, if Paramount wanted to uh, – let's say Paramount's a big booster of Southern Cal or UCLA, hey, anybody wants to play for those guys, we'll give you $100,000, you know. Um, I understand the, the idea of not having pay-per-play, but it's for pay-per-play the other way too. It's just being paid for by people outside the school. And I think you – the inequity, I think you run into an inequity problem there. I mean, if it's being done by the school's – Yes, it's pay per play. Yes, it's like employment. You know, maybe Congress will give them an antitrust exemption, and like they do for the other leagues, and let them work around all the laws that comes in with being employed and all that. But at least there can be some level of control, a level playing field, and you know, people, places that just that, that don't have the huge companies and the huge backers to throw gobs of money at these guys will not be at such a distinct disadvantage that you know some other schools are going to have that huge advantage it could be just go to texas maybe valero wants to get support texas a&m hey every every player gets a hundred thousand dollars or whatever they can throw any amount those companies can throw any amount of money at the players they want and not miss it at all
3: out of curiosity and i think chris may be back with us here um are either of you familiar with a bill that's been proposed in California that's SB 1401? If not, it's okay. Okay. Basically, it would require California schools to share 50% of annual revenues in football and men's and women's basketball with the athletes. Essentially, it would be like a collective collective bargaining agreement that we see in professional sports where you're figuring out that um, revenue distribution between the owners and players and such, and now this would be the same between the universities athletic departments and and the players uh this would directly be an error or opening up an error of pay for play and what college sports leaders fear would be kind of a doomsday type scenario for athletic departments that would currently use profits from revenue sports to fund their non-revenue sports programs because again this would only be directly impacting revenue producing sports Uh, the bill to this point has passed through the senate education and judiciary committees And currently sits with the Appropriations Committee, which will weigh its budgetary impacts before debating or deciding whether or not to move it to the Senate floor or whether to kind of kill it off. At this point, from the last I've been able to decipher, it is it's looked at as more of a um, has no chance of actually passing, but it's more of just trying to show, hey, we're trying to do something for you guys. This is at least the first step in the right direction. Or wrong direction however you want to look at it Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really have a very high likelihood of passing but to this point california is the one state or the first state i think a couple others have now followed suit where they have at least started floating the idea of revenue sharing and so directly what you're saying phil that burden of paying these athletes would then go away from the booster and the fan and be directly onto the university interesting
1: chris what you got
2: if you're the University of South Carolina, Clemson University, whatever the case may be, and you can frame it from a marketing standpoint where you don't have to get rid of the money you're using from your league, whether it be the ACC or the FCC, to fund other things within the athletic department, i.e. Uh, indoor football practice facilities, and you know, whatever the case may be, and you can convince your fan base that, hey, this is the way you can help us. You can really make a difference by paying Spencer Rattler $2 million, Cade Clubnick $3 million to keep him here. You will have a major impact on the success of our football program. How do you think that's going to work? Every, every fan for the Gamecocks and Tigers are going to say, all right, where do I pony up? Where do I sign the check? Because they want to feel a part of the athletic department. And this, the NIL is probably the closest way outside of just buying tickets to go cheer on the team. This is the closest way they have to feel like they are making a direct impact on what they see on the field, on the court, or on the diamond from their checkbooks.
1: Though they've been given to Ipte, they've been given you the Gamecock Club for low these many, many decades, which was sure. supposed to be the way to support the players. Mm-hmm. And now how do you decide we've talked about this going way back i mean where does your dollars go do you split them do you say okay this year i'm going to give a half scholarship instead of giving a full scholarship i'll give a half scholarship and then i'll give the other half of the money to my NIL collective mm-hmm. that i want to yep. give to so just something i was kicking around out there i think you got to do something though if this thing moves forward as this thing moves forward i think they got to do something put up some kind of protective wall some something to try to keep the corruption and I don't think it's a good idea, personally, that companies and fans can dictate things. So that's what I'm saying. What bothers me is you got all these outside influences. Players are already being influenced tremendously by what they see on social media, by the recruiting websites, by the recruiting networks. You've got all these different people telling you, you know, if you don't come to our all-star game or our camp, we're not going to rate you a five-star or a four-star and now you're getting people on the outside saying, "Okay, you know, we'll pay you hundred thousand dollars, we'll pay you fifty thousand, we'll pay you twenty thousand, whatever the case may be." All these outside influences that are impacting the recruiting process, the decision process, the decision whether to stay at a school—all the tampering that's going on—they got to put up a firewall here somewhere. They just can't leave it to the outside, Agreed. to the public to pay these guys and dictate what happens. And that's where I have a big problem with the process, accepting the fact that they are now going to be paid one way or another. All right, we got to hit the break and come back with recruiting. And it's 40-32. 14 seconds to go in the half. The Gamecocks weathering that storm. The only guy that's really giving them problems is uh, Shibwe. He's got 12, and he's got eight rebounds. Of course, he's a great player. He's going to get his. But Michi Johnson, 16 points. He's hit four three-pointers. He's got five of seven from the floor. He's got two rebounds and an assist. I'm sorry, two rebounds, four assists. 16 points. And uh, Hayden Brown's got nine. Jackson's got seven. And they've really gone to a shorter bench tonight. uh, um, Davis off the bench has played seven minutes, but... Most of your frontline players are getting the run tonight. We'll be back.
0: Hi, this is Billy Downer from the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. Are you looking for a safe place to shoot your rifle or handgun? Did you know that the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources operates four manned ranges across the state in Pickens County, Spartanburg County, Richland County, and Charleston County. For more information on our public ranges, visit dnr.sc.gov backslash shooting.
6: All
1: right, 42-32 at the half. South Carolina leading Kentucky. Shock of shocks. 57% for the Gamecocks, but Kentucky's up to 50%, so they've Heated up, but they have not hit a three. The Gamecocks have hit six of nine. Michi Johnson doing the work from downtown, four of five. Boy, if he keeps that up, they'll win. Don't yep, know that he can keep really it will. up. Yeah, don't know. Only uh, between them, only six turnovers, so that's great. Been a well played ball game as far as I can tell. Not many turnovers, not many um, fouls. The Gamecocks winning in the paint 20 to 14. They must have gone scorched earth in practice since Saturday. Well, I would just imagine.
2: watching, you know, the little bit I've been able to watch, sort of glancing over my shoulder, feel the effort, and I didn't see the Tennessee game, but judging by what you said and what I heard Coach Perez talk about, the effort's to, you know, fifty times better than what they got on Saturday. I mean, they're actually hustling, getting on the on the boards, as you pointed out, getting on the ground after loose balls. They they deserve to have the lead. Now whether or not they can
1: keep it, it's another story. This might be man and let's see what happens. I mean, it's still early in this game, there's still a half to go. And it's still early in the season, but this might be a breaking point with Kentucky and Calipari. He's already catching grief, you know, losing to St. Peter's last year in the opening round, mm-hmm. not having won a national championship since the only won one won was 2015, I think it was when he won. I mean, they don't they don't suffer this kind of thing lightly at at Kentucky. And look, where do they play on Saturday at Tennessee? lose this game, it's two in a row, three out of four that they will have lost in the SEC. They lost to Missouri by 14, at Missouri, they lost by 14. Uh, they did beat LSU at home by three, they lost big at Alabama, Alabama's really good. Mm-hmm. If this holds up, you lose to South Carolina, then you go to Tennessee, probably going to get waxed. Um Yeah, that thing—the heat will be will be definitely turned up on on Calipari. Real quick, for what it's worth. Sorry, go ahead, Chris.
2: uh, For what it's worth, Mm -hmm. USC is five and one this season when they lead at halftime.
3: Wow. (laughs) If something were to happen and Calipari were to leave Kentucky, how quick would he get hired in Austin, Texas, with the departure or firing of Chris Beard? I
1: wouldn't touch him (laughs) with a two hundred. I wouldn't touch him with the pole. I wouldn't touch. um, What's his face with? the football coach just got the Petrino. O.C. job. Pret- yep. I wouldn't touch him with the pole. I wouldn't touch Petrino with. You know? I just – I think I think Calipari's – I mean, people in basketball say he's a great guy and all that, and I guess he probably is, but I, I don't see it in a lot of ways. I never – of course, he was one that made took great advantage of the one-and-done situation and filled up his roster with all that kind of stuff. But, I don't know, just something – something about him kind of turned me off and um just never liked the way he he operated you know he might be a great guy but things are coming unglued for him he is underperforming and underachieving at least on the court off the court you know he gets it done in recruiting and how he gets it done is anybody's guess but he gets it done and um but, look, they, they've lost to Michigan State this year. Of course, they're good, double overtime. They lost at Gonzaga by 16, um, lost to UCLA by 10. And I mentioned they lost to Missouri big and lost to um, Alabama big, both on the road. And now South Carolina's got them on the ropes at halftime. We're on the ropes when it comes to give you the recruiting report, so let's give you that. Brought to you by Seawells. And, of course, Seawells the place to go when you need the very best in the catering business. Their phone number is 803-771-7385, online at seawellscateringsc.com. And the daily luncheon buffet be at it again tomorrow, 11 to 2. The very best in the catering business, the very best in a daily luncheon buffet for you at Seawells on Rosewood Drive in Columbia. Linebacker Wendell Gregory in the 24 class, 6'4", 220, Marietta, Georgia, has set January 27th his birthday for his commitment announcement. Between now and then, he plans to take unofficials for junior days at Tennessee this coming weekend and USC on the 21st. Those are are two of his final five with North Carolina, Auburn, and Missouri. He said last night he's 99% sure about his decision. He's made multiple visits to USC, going back to camp last summer, also for the spring game, two games during the season, Georgia and Tennessee games. Gamecock head coach Shane Beamer, defensive coordinator, linebacker coach Clayton White jumped on him early. They were the first to offer, and that was a really big thing for him. They have stayed on him very strongly ever since. He's really gotten a good feel for the coaches And likes how they interact with one another and with the players. And from his conversations with White, he's gotten a good read on the defense. He said they like how he's like a viper. He can play off the edge. He can play in coverage. uh, He can get you a sack. He also visited USC in December to watch a bowl practice. Over the last two seasons, Gregory's had 86 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, two interceptions, and he broke up five passes. So, I would say this one looks possible. A viper? A viper. What is
2: that supposed to mean? I don't know. It's Quick striking, maybe?
1: Yeah, probably so. They like how he's a viper. (laughs) But this one looks good for South Carolina. Dillon offensive tackle Josiah Thompson named a top six of USC, Clemson, Georgia, Tennessee, Miami, Alabama. He goes to Tennessee Saturday, USC the next, and Clemson the next. Remember, he told us last week, USC was his big favorite. Cornerback Emilio Agard of Philadelphia will visit Penn State the 21st, Clemson the 28th for junior days. Clemson USC target receiver Ryan Wingo will not visit either of those this month. He'll go to Tennessee, Colorado, and Texas A&M. Clemson USC target defensive tackle Heaven Brown Schuler plans to attend junior day at Georgia this Saturday. You think he'll take a picture with the championship trophy? I imagine he will. Clemson offered wide receiver T.J. Moore, 6'3", 190, of Tampa. Wide receiver Mazio Bennett of Greenville set a visit to Florida State January 28th. Chapin native quarterback Jaden Bradford of IMG Academy was offered by UAB. West Florence wide receiver Bryson Graves committed to Coastal Carolina. Former USC safety R.J. Roderick transferring to Liberty. Former USC defensive end Gilbert Edmond transferring to Florida State. Former Clemson defensive tackle Edinosa Rubin is transferring to Georgia Tech. There you go with what we have in recruiting thus far tonight. Remember to check it out on our website, sportstalksc.com on Twitter. Use the hashtag STrecruiting. I was just thinking out loud, may or may not be the rationale, but if you're Spencer Rattler and you wanted to, you know, make some news tonight... course, he could have done something earlier in the day, but maybe he was waiting for this evening, but then realized, hey, I don't want to put out a release same time the men's basketball team is playing at Kentucky. And if he's made a decision, there was one report by Mike Gillespie, TV reporter in Columbia, according to his sources, Rattler was going to announce something today. So uh, nothing's happened yet, and I would think that um, with the basketball game going on, you know, maybe you don't want to split the attention of the Gamecock audience and just wait till if you've made your decision, just wait till, uh tomorrow. Florida I respect sta- the heck out yeah.
2: of that if that's the case, Phil, because yeah. I can't imagine you know, football is so important in our state that any football player would actually think, yeah, I don't want to make my big announcement the same night the basketball team is playing. If that's the case, and we may never know, but if that is the case, I respect the heck out of that decision.
1: Mm-hmm. Or he just wants all the attention to himself. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, there is the other side of the Yeah, that. there is He's the other side of the coin.
1: Of <laughs> uh, Pete Thamel reporting at Florida State's going to hire Patrick Sertain as a new secondary coach, three-time pro bowler. Uh, he is from South Florida. Last year, he was a defensive assistant with the Dolphins, but just recently retired, right?
3: I got confused there. Uh, so I didn't know there's a, there's a Patrick Sertain and then his son, Patrick Sertain Jr. Oh, yeah. And I knew – they both played for the Broncos. So the senior has retired and now been coaching for a handful of years. This, the, the the junior, the son, is now a star with the Broncos. So they both have been great for the Broncos for a long time. Yeah, But that threw me off. Yep, yep.
1: So that's a big pickup for the coaching staff down there at uh, Florida State. I tell you what, if you're Clemson, now they don't have to worry about them from a division standpoint just overall since they're doing away with divisions. But you better keep an eye on Florida State in the ACC next year
2: yeah i mean if there is anybody in in the atlantic coast conference that appears to be on the come we thought it was going to be north carolina i think we can probably cancel them out mm-hmm. but it does appear that florida state is is on the rise in quickly. and
1: quickly then the quarterback's returning mm-hmm. jordan travis is really that a, a, might
2: be a fun matchup between he and kate klubnik next year and yes indeed what's Zach clemson right
1: yeah we'll be at clemson yeah well we'll find out i mean i don't guess they're going to switch anything around they they owe a trip back to Clemson after playing there last year. <laughs> do we know this for year. sure
3: do we know for sure they'll even play? Is that one of <laughs> Well, Mason's that's true. That's helmets? right. We don't do we, we don't know, know yet. Yeah. They
1: yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll announce on the what I say the 20th. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, the 20th. Uh Deshaun Watson has another day in court coming up. The Cleveland Browns quarterback, former Clemson quarterback, 2 days after the season ended, his attorney appeared in an online court hearing to try to fight off an attempt to force Watson to sit for a deposition in a civil lawsuit against him. That didn't work. He was ordered to appear for the deposition within 90 days. So this obviously is not over for him. Served as a reminder of this hearing that a legal cloud is still traveling Watson, even after he returned from an 11-game NFL suspension stemming from allegations of sexual misconduct during massage sessions. The hearing was part of a 26th lawsuit filed against Watson since March 2021 when he was with the Texans. Of those, 23 were resolved with confidential settlements. One was withdrawn. That leaves two lawsuits pending, including this one, which was filed in October. Okay. So something else to keep an eye on there for Deshaun Watson.
3: Real quick, Phil, I I did just find it. The ACC has announced through 2026 the primary opponents each year. Clemson will play Florida State, Georgia Tech, and NC State each year through 2026.
1: Okay. So they're going to have to face them.
3: They better can't get rid uh, better of Clemson, step it Florida
1: up.
2: State. I mean, no. the Atlanta Coast Conference does so many stupid things with regards to a lot of different things in, in football, in particular. But they cannot give away one of their better rivals.
1: And we've we've determined based on what Clemson has posted as a schedule that they will open their season against an ACC opponent. I wonder if it'll be like a, one of those Labor Night, Labor Day Night things at home. We shall see. Have a great one. See you tomorrow.